Let us pray. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, and thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. 2 Kings 5.6 Lord, we all long to have your healing touch, to have provisions for all our needs to come from you. But too often when I cannot see you or think you take too long to answer my needs, I turn to other ways or people to find healing and answer to my needs. Lord, why do you wait so long at times to respond to my requests for help? It's difficult when I have emergencies and it seems like you take your time to answer me. When I wait on you, I think I may die or fall apart and wander off to a God who will answer me more quickly. As I continue to pray and try to be patient, I hear your voice speak to my heart about what you are doing in my waiting. When I read your word, you say that your truth will set me free. Does that mean you will heal my disease or solve my problems? As I wait on you, I feel your presence, and my faith grows to trust you as you renew my strength to face life's difficulties. Lord, I still long to see your miraculous power move on my behalf. I will wait for you as you make me patient, and I gain internal strength. Bless you, Lord, my God, my King. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's daily prayer. For more inspiration and an incredible message from our feature pastor, stay tuned to Pray.com's Sunday service. What's up, everyone? Michelle Jackson, so glad you're here. Listen, want to remind you to click the buttons below to support this ministry, to share the message with a friend, and to follow the platform. Let's get into today's message. All right, so we're going to be, um, the Lord kind of downloaded some things to me this week, and we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 4. So I'm going to give you a minute to get there, but I'm going to be ministering to you from the theme of the power of perseverance. The power of perseverance. I believe 2 Kings chapter 4 is a prophetic picture of the bride of Christ or the church and Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at the uh, story of Elisha, the double portion prophet, and the Shunammite woman. And we're going to look at um, their encounter and what happened here. And we're going to see how the Lord um, stirs us to place a demand upon him in this season. I don't believe this is the time to shrink back from the promises of God. He's called us to be more than conquerors, and the new wine has to go into a new wineskin. And so the Lord is working with us in transition. Someone say transition. He's working in transition for all of us. He's taking us from one point to another. We're all in a process. And God is working to perform his will and his word. Are you in 2 Kings chapter 4? Okay, we're going to start reading in verse 8. I'm reading in the New Living Translation today. We're going to read a quite a lengthy portion of scripture. And so here we go. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak with her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or 
to the commander of the army. No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, Next year at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at the, that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. One day, when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvester. Suddenly, he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. He carried him up and laid him on the bed. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It is neither a new moon festival or a Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband, and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned home, returned with her. Gehazi hurried on and laid the, step, the staff on the child's faith, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him, the child is still dead. Then Elisha arrived when Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. As he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, his hands on the child's hands, as he began to stretch out on him, the child's body began to warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room again, and then he stretched himself out again. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi, called the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elisha said, here, take your son. She fell at his feet, bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. We're talking about the power of perseverance today. A couple things I think that we need to talk about this morning is that oftentimes in life, we are in need of blessings or breakthrough that we don't even know what they are or that God can do them. And in this story, we see a woman who just wanted to make room for the prophet, who just wanted to make room for God, who just wanted to honor the man of God and to make herself of use and service to God. And so as her and her husband took of their own finances to build this room and to make room for the prophet, to build a habitation for the prophet, I think it's important for us as New Testament believers to recognize that she is us. That every time we extend ourselves in generosity to make room for the word of God to go forth or for servants of God to have what they need, even the testimony that we heard this morning from our sister Yvette, who's doing missions work in the Middle East right now, right? 
we allow God to begin to meet our needs according to his riches and glory. And so in her mind, she tells the prophet, I'm not in need of anything. I don't need a good word. My family takes care of me. And yet and still, they knew that there was a need within her. It's the same way that the father looks at us. He sees our needs even when we don't always recognize that that's our deepest need. And he has a desire to fulfill that. And so the prophet was motivated to move um, at the word of the Lord to bless the woman who had blessed him. That is exactly how it is for us. When we lend to the poor, we lend to the Lord. And it is the Lord who repays. And it's the Lord who brings the blessing. And so when troubles come, guess who we can go to? We can go to the Lord because he's the source of those things. And so in this story, we're seeing that the woman from Shunem was a woman of great faith, but she also was a woman of focus. She didn't allow the circumstance that happened to be talked about, gossiped about. With her staff, she stayed immovable in her position of, I know God brought this blessing, and now I know God is the one who will answer and fix it. And so I want us to recognize that in this time, it's not like we haven't been shaken. It's not like we haven't had opportunity to be afraid. Come on, somebody. We have. We've had challenges in these last two, three years, right? There have been forces of darkness that have tried to overtake us. And yet and still, God has been faithful to his word And he has moved on our behalf to bring blessings into our life. Well, what happens when that blessing ceases? What happens when the promise is cut off short? What happens when something that was alive, that was supposed to bring blessing and perpetuity in your life, all of a sudden is cut off? Is that the end of the story? Well, in this case, we're seeing that it's not the end of the story. And I think right now the Lord is saying to us, the church, that this is not the end of the story for the church. But it's going to be up to us to be like this Shunammite woman to pursue God. To shut out the noise, to shut out the rumors, to not let things be noised about, talked about, but to pursue him and to get a word from him. It's interesting to point out that Elisha asked for the double portion from Elijah. And Elijah also raised a child from the dead in the same way. And so I think for the church in this hour, we've seen many generals go home to be with the Lord. And we've seen many leaders, myself included, catch the baton. And sometimes we're thinking it's just about a mantle not being dropped. But it's really about knowing the God of the mantle. So Elisha, in this moment, the demand of the Shunammite woman for him to perform a miracle, for him to move in his ministry in a way that he had never moved to this point, that had been done before. God, can you do this again through my ministry? See, sometimes we as Christians, we rehearse the stories and the histories of revival and the great preachers, and we forget that it's not meant to be a story of great glory that can't happen again. But no, it's the story of the resurrected Savior who still wants to move in power and authority and might in this generation. And he's looking for people who will believe and contend and persevere until Something happens. Hallelujah. And so we see this Shunammite woman being an example to us as someone who would persevere, someone who would press in, someone who would put a demand. It's interesting because demand will catapult you and elevate you where simply functioning could not. 
people, when people put a demand on you in the workplace, when people put a demand on your spiritual gift, when people put a demand on your anointing, it presses you past your self-conception. It requires you to think on a different level. It requires you to break out of self-concepts of what you think you can accomplish and truly depend on the Lord. Many of us have backed off on God's assignments for our life in the season past because we couldn't see ourselves doing certain assignments. Because we talked ourselves out of what God had for us and we couldn't see that it was possible. And see, I'm so grateful that we have scriptures and stories that we can look at because this woman put a demand on Elisha. She put a demand on his mantle. She put a demand on him as a prophet to walk in the anointing of God. So I want, if you're writing notes today, I want you to write down that demand is my friend. See, sometimes we think that the demands of life, that the demands of others, the demands of issues are actually working against us. But Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good. So actually demand is provoking you to get into the spirit. Demand is actually provoking you to move beyond your flesh and to hear a now word from the Lord. Demand is actually working for you to sharpen your spiritual hearing and your discernment to know the time and the season that you are living in so that you can know the perfect will of God. So demand is working for you. It's also interesting to note that Shunem was a town in the tribe of Issachar's land. So this was a woman, the Shunammite woman was a woman who uh, lived amongst people who understood the times and the seasons. And the word tells us that they, know, they knew what Israel should do, meaning they had high spiritual discernment. And so her desire to be near the prophet or to allow the prophet to have hospitality in her home is literally saying, okay, God, we're going to make room. So if we're going to be those New Testament saints that know the times and the seasons, we have to make room, not just for the Logos word of God, the written word of God, but we've got to make room for a rhema word. Because when that rhema word came and she knew that that son was coming forth and she held onto that word and then the manifestation came, that's what fueled this perseverance within her. Because she had a now word from God, and she knew that God had not given her a son for him to just live and then die. In their culture, and it's true for our culture too, having a son is like the best thing that you can do, right? The first child, right? The legacy child. That's what every family desires, and so God blessed her and her posterity. It's not like this now where you would lose, well, not in the United States, where you would lose property, where you would lose standing in the community. But had she not produced an heir, had she not produced a son, her promises of, of, of the next phase of her life, had her husband actually died, um, would have been cut off. The same thing was true for Ruth. God redeemed Ruth and allowed Boaz to give her a son, and then she was able to live at the station to which God had intended for her because she was able to bear a child. What am I saying? God is depositing in his church gifts that are not just for this time, but they're meant to be legacy. They're meant to be signposts for a future generation that there's a true and a living God that still remains in the earth realm. And I wish I had two or three people in here that we're willing to persevere in this time to ensure that the dream that God has will not be cut off. And so, like I was saying to you, sometimes the demands, uh, the visions, the ideas that even our spiritual leaders will have for us, the vision that God has for us, sometimes we can't see it. And so we have to ask the Lord to open the eyes of our understanding, that our mind might be enlightened, that we may understand his perfect will for our lives so that we don't talk ourselves out of God's appointment. 
Because demand is actually going to cause you to move to another dimension. It's going to cause you to move to realms that you didn't even think you could go to because God's given destiny is not based upon your concept. Oh, come on, somebody. He is the author of this whole universe. His ways are higher than your ways. Neither are his thoughts your thoughts. You haven't even begun to even scratch the surface of what God has for you. And if you will limit him by your fear, you will miss your opportunity and you'll be wondering why you're sitting on the sideline and why life seems to be passing you by. But God has a plan and it is a now time for you to begin to do what God has called you to do and no longer shrink back see in the story Elisha thought he could he could download and he could what delegate his assignment he said okay take my staff go lay it on the child and that's how this miracle is going to get done but the Lord required a stretch in him The Lord required him to do something that he had heard about but had not ever operated in. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I came to stir someone up today to get off the sideline. To not just believe in the story of mama's Jesus Christ, daddy's Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ of your youth, of your pastoring in the beginning. But to make a demand upon yourself to move in the anointing of God for today, that he has an assignment for today, that there's fresh anointing, that there's fresh fire for you to walk in today. Elisha had to stretch himself. In response to the persevering faith of the Shunammite woman. Wow. And see, we have a better covenant now. And we have a high priest whose name is Jesus Christ. And how much more would he stretch himself to move on our behalf if we pursued him like the Shunammite woman who would not let any representative who had no power represent him? Oh, but we pursued his throne. We pursued his face until something happened, until dead things came to life. The Bible declares that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Oh, this is good. And so here we are, and we're seeing a picture of the church. We're seeing the Shunammite woman who laid at the feet of the man of God, who took her concern not to those who held no power, who held no anointing, who held no grace, who had no authority, but she took them to the man of God and provoked his response to operate in the miraculous power of God. I don't know about you, but when I read these stories, I begin to think about us And I begin to think about the challenges that we face. And I begin to think about how narratives have changed in society. How when we hear certain diagnoses, when we hear certain problems, we are quickly and readily willing to answer these challenges of life with the world's answer. That it's impossible. That healing can't come. That this is the end. And I wonder what would happen if we were just radical believers who began to stand on the word of God and took the problem to the feet of the master, took the problem, took the depression, took the diagnosis, took the addiction, took the the broken marriage, took the wayward children, took took them to the feet of Jesus to the Father and began to pour out our laments and began to pour out our discouragement, began to pour out our brokenness, what would happen 
Well, the Bible tells us what happened in Luke 18 because there was a blind man on the roadside. His name was Bartimaeus. And when Jesus was walking by, he began to cry out with a loud voice, son of David, have mercy on me. And people began to tell him, be quiet, shh, be quiet, no, be quiet. And the more that people told him to be silent, the more he began to cry out and his cry began to provoke something in the Savior, and I just came to remind you that desperation is a sound that unlocks heaven. And so in this woman, in this Shunammite woman was that same cry of desperation. God, if you don't move, God, if you don't do this, God, if you don't begin to move by your power, God, if you don't step in, nothing will change. I just want to encourage you that it's okay to be a little bit desperate. Oh, if you would just be desperate, you might qualify. You might qualify for a miracle. Hallelujah. My Nana used to say that when we get strong in our own eyes and we get strong in our own opinion of what we can do, we disqualify ourselves from the miracle working power of God because in our weakness, he is strong. In our brokenness, he is made perfect. Hallelujah. So it's important that we learn how to be desperate. Come on. What's it sound like to be desperate to see God move in your life? What is that sound within you that unlocks heaven? It's within you. It's in your belly. And so it was that sound and that spiritual cry that caused Elisha to be able to move in a dimension that he had never moved. Wow. We've all, pay, we've all faced incredible adversities in the past. And at present, there may be some mountains in your life that are looming in the future. But if you would just get in the spirit. See, naturally, there will always be obstacles. There will always be... Uh, challenges, there will always be, dare I say, drama. But one thing is true for the reality of the believer, that what God is orchestrating in the spirit, no challenge can stop it, no demon in hell can block it. And my Bible says that all authority in heaven was given to Jesus. That at that name, every foul spirit on this earth and every spirit under the earth must be subject to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And if we truly believe that we are joint heirs with him, why would we not make a demand? Why would we not make a demand on him who is able? And so today I came to encourage you with the word of perseverance. Perseverance is defined as persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Persistence is defined, perseverance is defined as persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Perseverance will check your motives. Sometimes the reason we are involved in certain ventures or even the reason we allow Uh, certain relationships to be in our life is because of what it looks like. Because it looks like, smells like, sounds like success. It looks like, smells like prosperity. It looks like, sounds like a good idea. But oftentimes, when delays hit, those relationships are fair weather friends. 
I don't know if you're over 12 in this room, you should know what I'm talking about. There have been people that have come into our lives that weren't able to stand the winds of adversity. The Bible says that a brother was built for adversity, that true friendships are built in adversity. And so we know that perseverance is a skill and a spiritual skill that we develop over time. You can't have perseverance if you haven't had to persevere through anything. You can't be an overcomer or have courage unless you've had to face some times that made you breathe deep and swallow hard and, you know, pull up your big girl draws. <laughs> Come on. So in life, we know that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike, but the difference is that we have something on the inside of us that's incorruptible something that is of the kingdom of God. And so that is where our perseverance comes from as New Testament believers. And even death has been conquered. So right now, even in the time in which we live, part of the fear that has gotten on us that's contaminated us is the fear of death. But the Bible says, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? And that's not just for a funeral. Come on. So there are things in our life that will stop us from persevering to receive the miracle of resurrection life if we are not careful to persevere to push past what we're thinking, to push past and break agreement with how the world is thinking about our situation. Come on, your marriage can never be restored after infidelity. That's what the world says. Come on, you'll never recover from that situation. That's what the world says. But Jesus came that we would have life and life more abundantly. He came to break every chain. He came to destroy every yoke. And this is not hype. So if you're in a place where this is just hype to you, I need you to get into faith. To begin to start believing that what the word of God declares is actually true and shake off some doubt, shake off some discouragement, shake off some things that have happened in the past. Come on, let the Holy Ghost pour in the oil and the wine, heal some of the wounds that have been you know, stifling in there so that we can begin to believe that what the word of God says is actually true and what he said he actually intends to perform. How else are we going to persevere? How else are we going to overcome unless we truly believe the word of God? Not based on our self-concept. Not based on what we saw in the past. But what he's spoken. And so it blesses me that the Shunammite woman, she received her child back. And she was able to move forward in her life with her legacy because she persisted in believing that God was able. Turn to Hebrews 11. Because you can't persevere without faith. And it's a mindset. And it's a lifestyle. And it's a choice. Turn to verse 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was good as dead, a nation with so many people like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. There was no way to count them. 
Hold on, I'm going to read it to you in another translation. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. Because of faith, also Sarah received a, uh, sorry, by, because of faith, Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child even when she was past, long past the age for it because she considered God who had, who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. So this morning we're talking about God's keeping power to the things he's already given us, to the promises he's already fulfilled. And we're just stirring, I'm stirring your faith today to believe that the enemy would love to steal that from you. He would love to cause it to come to an end early for you not to receive the fullness of what God has planned for you. And so I'm awakening you to the proposition that even if the weapon forms, even if it looks like it is cut off, and even if it looks like it's past dead, would you judge him faithful who is promised? Would you cause yourself to stir yourself up and say he's reliable, he's trustworthy, I'm going to persevere, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to overtake, I'm going to recover that which has been stolen from me. This is the position that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has to find herself in in this hour. We are in the decade of pay, the decade of declaration, but we are also in a decade of warfare. And what I want you to know is that the enemy of our souls, he's like a roaring lion. He does not fight fair. And he is seeking those he can devour. And guess what? He goes to the courts of heaven to accuse the saints every day. He never quits his job. So it's up to you to just determine that you're not going to be weak, apathetic, and walk in less than your inheritance. It's time. It's time. It's time for the church to walk in her full calling and her full power and her full anointing. But that determines, that's determined by us. Each and every single one of us build the church. The church is not a building. The church is a living, breathing organism built by living stones, you and I, who are being built into a living testimony, a living temple. And so the moment that we think the church is going to prevail and we don't have to try to prevail, we are deceived. So I came to shake you today. I came to wake you up. I came to provoke you to move out of the place of passivity into the place of perseverance. That there's power available to you by almighty God. There's authority available to you by almighty God. He already paid the price for you to have it on Calvary. All you've got to do is move beyond your flesh, move beyond yourself, and step into the place of God's appointment and assignment for you. Hell cannot stop what God has started, and it's time for us to begin to believe what God has said. Come on, it's time. It's time. It's not for another time. The time is actually now. See, you know, those who don't understand the time 
will tell you that there's time for you to get it right. There's time for you to think about it. There's time for you to do your SWOT analysis. And while that's a good plan for business, I want to tell you that the hour is short. SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Hallelujah. We don't have time for all that. We don't have time for all that when it comes to your spiritual walk. He's looking for those who'll be obedient. He's looking for those who are available, who will say yes. And so there are many of us, we're, we're getting ready to pray, but there are many of us who've had internal indigestion and consternation, and we've been wrestling within ourselves, and we've been wrestling with what God's been wanting to do and what he's been wanting to accomplish in our lives. And I've been encouraging you over the last several weeks to say yes. That it's time to say yes. That it's time to say yes to the plan of God for your life and then begin to move into this place of warring in the spirit and not giving up. Because this is where we are as a body. I'm trying to get us all on the pace of heaven. I'm trying to get us all on the pace of what, how God's moving in this season. And if we're going to stay under this canopy of miraculous blessing, of this canopy of provision, then we've got to move when God says move. Come on, it might not be when it's convenient for you. It may not be when you thought it should happen. It may not happen in the order of which you thought. It may not have happened the way history said it was going to happen. But God is moving at this time, and it's time for you to hear God for yourself and for you to say, yes, God, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward into the fullness. I'm moving into the fullness of what you have for me. And I'm not going to allow any assignment from the devil to cut anything off before it's time. This is serious. This is serious because in a former time, we had time for you to figure this out. Now the Lord's just looking for those who will do it, do it his way. And that's why there's been such a big shift of influence and people who you didn't know just come on the scene and you're like, whoa, where did they come from? Whoa, they just obeyed. They just said, God, you, 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 you chose me, you picked me, and I'm going to say yes to whatever it is that you need me to do because I'm your bondservant. So just bow your head right where you are. And let's just examine our hearts today. Father, we thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And that you are looking for partners. And even though you could do everything on your own, yet and still, you choose us who are frail, who have limited capacity, who have limited understanding to be your partners, to be the conduits by which you reach others, to be the manifestation of the promise and the power of God in the earth. And so today, Lord, I'm praying for everyone connected to this house. I'm praying for everyone who is under the sound of my voice in this time, God. I'm praying for a fresh touch, Lord. I'm praying that you would enlighten the eyes of their understanding, God, not to see how big the mountain is, but God, to see how great you are. And the purpose for which you've called them for in this time. Father, I thank you. I thank you today that there's something that has been unlocked in their spirit man today. I thank you that today is a line of demarcation. God, I thank you that today we have a clear choice to move forward into those things that you've called us into. God, I thank you that today is a clarion call, that today is a, a yes moment. And God, I thank you that you're giving us the opportunity again to say yes to your will without reservation hallelujah 
Hallelujah to your name, Lord, that you love us so much that you're slow. You're slow. And you're always offering us that opportunity to repent and get in position. So, God, we thank you today for alignment to not just our will, but we just declare right now, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, God. We place our agenda on the altar today. Concepts, places where we felt failure, and even in the past where we've said no, where there's been a clear opportunity where you've called a name to us, where you've told us to sow, where you've told us to go, where you've told us, yes, you'll be here and you'll serve here. And we've had a bad attitude and we've complained. And God, we just repent right now in the name of Jesus. And we say, God, we thank you that you chose us for such a time as this. Now, God, we're available. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your way. And God, I thank you for this prophetic picture of this Shunammite woman. God, I thank you that she was one who was not willing to let her son's life be cut off, but she was one who pursued you and recovered all. And so now, God, I pray resurrection life over every dead situation, over every broken marriage, over every wayward child, over every broken identity, over every confused mind. I cancel the assignment of the enemy in the name of Jesus that has come to bring confusion and distraction and hindrance and I plead the blood that speaks a better word and I'll loose the host of heaven today to begin to break chains to bring breakthrough in the name of Jesus and God we thank you come on somebody give him thanks right now give him glory right now right where you are God we thank you that you've chosen us God, we thank you that there's not another company of people that need our assignment. We're stepping on in. We're saying, yes, God. We're saying we're willing to be your voice, to be your vessel. Come on and stand to your feet in this place. Come on and lift up a, a prayer. Come on, release your spirit language right now. I feel heaven. Strength is being released right now to be able to stand. Come on, to persevere. And having done all, be able to stand and be counted. Oh God, we thank you that we, we are standing on your word. We're not standing on our authority. We're not standing because we can stand, but we're standing because you won all, and now we can stand in the power of your might. Come on and lean in. Come on, give tw uh, two minutes in tongues right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, something's beginning to shift. In your spirit, man, there's a download from heaven for this hour. Receive it by faith right now. You're going to need it for what is coming. Lord, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You see our need in advance and you make provision. So right now we receive the deposit from heaven today for what's coming because you're equipping us in the spirit. You're equipping us in our inner man. And we thank you, God. Come on, you just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let that river flow. Hey, halabasanda. If you don't have a prayer language, you can begin to pray in English and just say, God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you've called me to be more than a conqueror through Christ. I thank you that you've given me authority to, to root out and to pluck up and to pull down strongholds. Oh, God, I thank you that you've called me to be more, to be more. And so now I just release my agenda. I release my ideas of what that was going to look like. And I place myself in position. I place myself as available unto you, God, because your ways are higher than my ways. Oh, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And Father, I thank you that there's more that you have for your son. There's more that you have for your daughter. There's more, God. I thank you that I don't have to live limited to my mentality. But God, you have destined me to live an abundant life. And so today I place myself 
myself in the river of God. I place myself in the river of God to receive all that you have for me by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, just begin to release your prayer. Come on and release your spiritual language right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for an opportunity to judge you properly. Even as the word declared that Sarah judged you faithful, God, we repent right now for judging you, for blaming you, for, for disappointments. Come on and do business with God right now and release that hindrance in your life. Come on and repent for those times where you blame God, where you've made him responsible for the negative things, for the pain, where it's blocked you from receiving what God has. Come on and do business with him right now. God, we thank you that 1 John 1, 9 is our portion, that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us from all unrighteousness. And so God, we repent this morning for every time where we have judged you as unrighteous, where we have thought in our mind and in our heart that you might let us down, that you might be unfaithful to your word. God, we let it go today. We repent, we turn, we decide within ourselves to judge you faithful, to judge you trustworthy oh God we thank you that you are worthy of our trust that you are worthy of our praise you are worthy of our whole heart come on you do business with him there are many of us today that need to just say God I return to my first love I return to my first love come on that your neighbor doesn't have to hear you but heaven needs to hear you. Hindrances are gonna fall as you repent. The weight of God's glory is gonna fall on you as you let go. Come on and receive forgiveness from the master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us too much to let us stay the same. And so you give us opportunity to get it right. And we love you today. And we thank you, Lord. The new mercies we see. Great is your faithfulness towards us. The podcast, The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham, is a moving and inspiring biblical audio experience that will help you master wisdom from the world's greatest book. In each episode, you'll learn to apply biblical principles to everyday life. Each cinematic episode is a journey through the Bible's most profound stories that will strengthen your appreciation of the Word and inspire you to keep learning. Listen to The Bible in a Year with Jack Graham on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.